0: Hello, and welcome back to the Pools Will Pulse's podcast, Jack, Jack, Attack. This week, we're doing our question and answer episode, finally. We compiled questions from people of all grades, houses, probably heights, but I can't guarantee that. Believe it or not, when you're asking Falcons for their questions, the grand majority of people want to know about college. Who would have thought? The way this episode is going to be structured is as follows. I'm going to answer all the non-college questions first, and then I'll give my advice on college apps, followed by conversation with Ms. Martin, during which we will answer all your questions. The first question is, what is something you didn't expect to happen senior year that did? Not only did I go to football games, but here's the kicker, I had fun at them. Um get as involved as you can your senior year because not to be a bummer but it is just a series of lasts so make sure that you take advantage of all of the opportunities opportunities that are available to you i feel like a lot of people at Pools will focus on their academics but you should still be able to have that generic high school experience at least some of the things so go to prom go to football games go to at go to one homecoming what is something you would recommend all juniors do before senior year your college apps um at least a preparation for them what is something you would recommend all seniors do um graduate also let go of all the drama and just coexist with your classmates it's easy to get bogged down in everything that's so high school but you don't want to leave any bad energy in the air so just start to resolve conflicts you don't have to get along with everybody but you do have to Walk the same stage as them come May. And Ms. Gomer said her advice is that you should go all out for the entirety of at least one full spirit week, all five days of it. I think that's beautiful. Do you think humanities is genuinely useful in life? Thank you. Um, the first episode of the podcast was actually all about this, and it was um, students' feelings toward their programs. I love it. I'm actually, I think I'm just about the biggest fan of humanities ever. I can't picture having done anything else for the past three and a half years of my life. Um, I love it so, so much. You're going to have to communicate, connect, and research in any field that you pursue, and that's all the humanities are about. People say that it's the arts program, but that's not necessarily it. It's really just learning how people connect with one another. And one of the big ways that that has been done in the past is through art. Do you have any study strategies for history-based APs, like AP Art History, AP World, and AP US History? just like everyone learns differently everyone studies differently and that's part of what makes junior year so difficult it's not necessarily the classes that you're taking but it's the first year that you have to learn how you learn you have to learn how you comprehend study and recall information um when i asked mr McKenna last year about like the same question he recommended a book called make it stick and i didn't read it because it was junior year now having read it essentially what it says is that your brain's pathways are kind of like those in a forest and so the more that you you know walk over them, the more that you recall information, the easier it is for that pathway to be formed, and so part of what that means is you're gonna have to recall information, and it might be tedious, but you should you shouldn't just flip the flashcard right away. Take some time struggling to recall it because it'll help form a better pathway in your brain sockets. Also make flashcards, underclassmen hear me and hear me now start making flashcards your junior year at the beginning of your junior year with all the information you're learning, because you don't want come fourth quarter to have to in the two weeks that they give you to uh, prep for APs, you don't want to have to make a bunch of flashcards and study those flashcards and have everything going on at once because it's very stressful. The other thing is, don't start studying when they tell you to start studying. Start studying at the end of third quarter, beginning of fourth, because even as they're giving you new information, you need to start remembering the information from the beginning of the year. It's in your brain, but you have to uh, start getting it back to the forefront. Can you talk about humanities senior project? I'm sure I could. Um, AP research. Basically, what happens is at the end of your senior year, or sorry, at the end of your junior year after. Um, your humanities APs, Miss Marks and Miss Schaefer will come into your classes and um, tell you that you have to find something that you're interested in. And from there, you're going to start to research it. And uh, eventually, no matter what topic you have, and it may not feel like this initially, but eventually you're going to be researching and you're going to be like, oh, why has X not been researched? And you're going to research X for the next year. Um, so for me i started with very generally i just knew that i liked theater Mm. and that was just my very vague idea of what i wanted to um research and so i started looking at how theater can be used as more than just performance and then i was looking at theater as a form of social change and essentially brought me to drama therapy and now my very fine-tuned honed in um, research question is, can precedence and drama therapy be used with inclusion facilitation tactics to create a support plan for mainstream children with functional autism? But I didn't start there. I started by saying I really like musicals. So you have from May of your junior year until April of your senior year to work on this project. It is not hard, and you will not drown in work, unlike what people say, if you follow due dates and not deadlines. Just make sure that you're Staying on top of your work and there's no reason to be stressed out. A lot of people feel very compelled to put off their work because it's a full year class. Make sure you're doing your work because at the end of the day, the more that you put stuff off, the more stressed out you're going to be your senior year. You don't need more stress your senior year. You already have college apps. How to get people involved in your club? Tell me as soon as you find out. Uh... I don't know. Um have your club participate in the club fair and at Poolsoor Day both of them are free put messages out on the morning announcements. Mr. Foster is a lovely man. I'm sure he would be happy to put your stuff out. If you have your sponsor, send it to him. also have an active social media presence. For those of you who don't know, I run the Poolsville Gardening Club. I'd actually do the PHS Gardening Club. I have no idea. But basically what we're doing is we're renovating the three courtyards. I'm very happy with all of the work we're doing, and I'm glad we're doing it. But one thing that we definitely are not doing enough is we do not have enough of a social media presence. So start an Instagram, have someone run your Instagram, have that be someone's entire job yes cool please talk about palms versus cheer cheerleading is underappreciated give us attention well there you have it cheer is underappreciated heard it here first um our cheerleaders and palms are both really talented to my knowledge cheer focuses on building up pep and excitement during games while palms has longer dancier routines that are put to music i don't know of any more differences they're both swell though what is the value of NHS? Um, the value of NHS in a simple sense is that you're helping the community around you. So you're helping Poolsville and you're helping other students. Oh, so NHS is the National Honor Society, first of all. And you're required to get 10 hours per semester when you do it, except you need only five hours second semester senior year. And those 10 hours are of you volunteering, so it's kind of like extra SSL hours. Most people, what they'll do is they'll tutor other people. So I'd say the value of NHS is that people are learning and you're helping each other, if you mean value on your resume. Colleges are, I I believe from what I've heard, less looking to see if you're in NHS and more looking to see if you're not in NHS. It won't hurt you if you're not in it, but a lot of people are, so they're kind of more and more expecting it, but you don't have to do it. How do we apply for specific honor societies? Contact the head of each specific honor society that you wanna apply to. They'll each have different advice um, and applications and different requirements. Like I know the National Art Honor Society, you need to have two and a half art credits by the time you graduate. You need a specific GPA in those art classes as well as your overall classes. They all have wonk requirements. So contact the heads, contact presidents too palabi batinas that had a national art honor society so you can give her a ring and our last question is where do you record your podcast kind of all over um the interview parts i mostly record uh in the office of the person i'm interviewing or in the lane lounge right by miss gomer's room right now i'm recording it in my bed um that's what i usually do for the introduction and conclusion parts Awesome. So next is my advice on college apps. I started my college apps very early. I started mine at the end of my junior year after APs had already died down because I was just stressed about getting everything done. Again, you just need to stay on top of them and they won't pile up on you. I applied to 16 schools. It's too many. It's too expensive. But It's really just whatever is going to make you comfortable. Apply to as many as you can see yourself going to. Don't apply to schools at which you can't see yourself. There's no point. You don't need to spend that extra money to find out that you could go somewhere that you don't want to go. One big thing that people are curious about is how can you decide on which colleges you want to apply to? And there are kind of two ways to do this. If you know what you want to major in, start looking for schools that have good programs in that major. They may not necessarily be the Ivy Leagues, you know, there are specific schools that have really great programs that aren't, that aren't ones that you'd necessarily think of as the best schools in the country. So start researching that, start researching things that you're interested in, and maybe you can start to make up your own major that you'd be interested in. A lot of schools will let you come up with a program of your own, and that's a great commodity to have. And the other way that you can go about finding a college that you're interested in is starting with an area. So, you know, I know that I love cities, So I uh, and I know I love New York City, so I could start by looking at schools in New York City, see if any of them have any programs that interest me. Those are the two ways that I'd go about deciding on it. As for the different rounds of applications, we have Early Decision, Early Action, Restrictive Early Action, Regular Decision, Early Decision 2, Single Choice Early Action. There's a bunch of names. Um, research your schools individually. Basically, if you can apply early to a school, apply early to a school because it'll put your mind at rest and you can find out earlier if you got in um, and you can start to make some of those plans. Early decision, you are not given much financial aid and basically the only way you can make it out of that contract is if you can demonstrate to the college that you cannot afford it. That is the only way that you can get out of your early decision commitment. As for the actual college app process, there's a lot of tedious information that you have to fill in so get that done as soon as possible it takes forever and it's really it's honestly quite invasive but get that done while you can sit down with your parents you may not know some of it they want everything from uh, you know your full name they want your address your social security number eventually they want your credit card number they want everything about you as for the essays the common app never really changes their essays there are six prompts and usually the prompts are the same there's usually going to be one that's like, tell us about an obstacle you've overcome. There's usually going to be one that's like, tell us about a problem you've solved. And there's always one that's a kind of a, a free choice where you just write about what you want. Your essay belief has to be between 450 and 650 words. There are a few ways to go about choosing an actual prompt. The way that I did it, um, I wrote a rough draft for every single essay prompt, but you can tell pretty quickly which ones are and aren't going to work for you. So see how interested you are in your essay. You're writing about yourself, so you shouldn't be boring yourself. Try and, uh, as they say, bring yourself to life out of paper. The counselors are looking at only numbers and grades and statistics and they're, they're not getting a sense of you as a person. So this is your chance to really be able to bring yourself to life and make yourself a person in front of them if you can have humor have some kind of humor if you're wondering if something is funny it's not funny and don't have it in it just cut it out the other thing is if you can have some kind of humility in it in that you are maybe saying a fault that you have that you want to grow on or something like that they they appreciate you knowing that you are not a fully developed person and so knowing where you where you can grow colleges don't want to admit people that are perfect because they want you to benefit from their institution. Kind of going off of colleges wanting you to benefit from their institution, your writing should sound like the writing of a high school senior because you are going to be a high school senior when you're writing it. If you give it to your parents and they start changing the voice, the colleges will not like that essay. A lot of counselors are saying recently that you should not be giving your essays to your parents to edit at all. They can read it, but they can't edit it at all. I I don't like that. I felt very uncomfortable with that. So I let my parents read it, but I was the only person that could actually make edits to it. They could give me notes on it, but I was the only person making edits because they want it to sound... Like you are a young person writing, a you know, an educated young person writing because that's what you are. Sylvia Plath, when she was eighteen, wrote a lot different than Sylvia Plath, a lot differently than Sylvia Plath when she wrote The Bell Jar. Keep that in mind. You're not going to write a, a as a professional author, and no one is expecting you to. Ah, uh, oh, and then the last thing to talk about is Rex uh, teacher recommendations. You want to form a good relationship with your teachers and. When you ask them, make sure you're one-on-one with them. Make sure that you haven't done any, as Miss Heaton calls it, grade grubbing. Make sure that you haven't, you know, begged them to bump your 9.4 to 9.5. And just go up to them one-on-one, ask them if they'll write you a favorable recommendation. Also, a lot of teachers get swarmed with recommendations. I know Ms. Gomer has to cap it off at like 40 now. That's a lot of recommendations to write, so be mindful of that. Be mindful of who writes a lot. Um, English teachers write a lot. They're usually your junior year teachers, so keep that in mind when you're asking people that a lot of teachers may be overloaded. Give them a break. Miss Rowe and Miss Gomer, give the two of them breaks. Too many people ask them. Also, just for standardized tests, take the SAT, take the ACT, colleges don't care which. Do whichever one you feel like you're better at, take practice tests, and you can pretty quickly figure out which one you'll be better at. As for SAT subject tests, once you have a list of schools to which you are thinking about applying, go ahead and immediately start looking for their standardized test policies for whether or not they want SAT subject tests. The SAT subject tests, there there are a myriad of different ones that you can take. There's math one, there's math two. Yeah, so look for what kinds of uh, subject tests your schools want and do that research now. I know that I was kind of in a mad frenzy because I hadn't looked at it. Just make sure that you're looking at your college's requirements. Make yourself a Google sheet for what their requirements are and the different things that you have to do, different due dates, different deadlines. Uh, the last thing I wanna talk about is international applications because I know we have a lot of students that sometimes think about it. I applied to six schools in the United Kingdom and I it looks like next year I will be going to Scotland for school. If you want to apply to schools overseas, look on their websites for what their version of the Common and Coalition application is. A lot of countries have a specific thing that they'll want you to do, but Naviance is gonna tell you that you submit your stuff by snail mail. That's not true. So for the UK, you have to do something called UCAS, UCAS. It's their version of the Common App. So look over how how those different application platforms work. Look over what they want in their essays, because a lot of times that personal statement might be different depending on what country it's in. But if you want to go somewhere for college, don't let confusion get in the way. Go to your counselor, ask them questions, and just do your own research. But make sure that if you have an inkling that you want to be somewhere else for college, you should be able to pursue that. Um, okay, so first question is how are you? I'm good. Good, I'm glad. One of our listeners wants to know how do internships as a double period work?
1: Um, so internships are generally period six and seven. They're one credit for each semester and they must complete um, 75 hours each semester mm. to get that credit.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, do you know any good summer programs to attend?
1: Well, my suggestion is to ask the heads of the houses mm-hmm. to find out what other students have done or if they have, you know, examples of internships, that kind of thing.
0: Sure. Um, who can I go to for college help?
1: Your school counselor can help awesome. with that. <laughs> um, and Miss Diotto is our College and Career Center coordinator, and she is also a good resource to help with that.
0: Awesome. And okay, so the next question is, is it overwhelming to think about college stuff? I would say yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that one thing is, and this uh, ties in a little bit to the next question, is it's helpful if you get started on them earlier and do it in little steps. Um, when would you recommend people start working on college apps?
1: Well, we'd say this summer before your senior year, you should start working on essays because the Common App essays come out fairly early in Mm -hmm. the summer but we tell you not to do anything in Naviance or with college apps until after August 1st Mm -hmm. that's when college apps tend to come live is August 1st and you know we tell kids get as much of that stuff done before you come back to school because there's a lot of tedious stuff you have to fill out on the applications like just like your personal information like your name and address Mm -hmm. there's information about your parents that stuff just takes time and in the summer you have time to do that and another suggestion is to just be organized. Sure. However, that looks for you.
0: Yeah. So I know for my own self, I was really anxious about working on college apps. So I started the summer, I started in like June because common app essays don't change much. And so I started working on my essay at the beginning of the summer and I started plugging in all the information at the beginning of the summer. So when I came in, I had like a draft of everything. But I also know some people that wait until the end of summer, some people that wait till the beginning of the school year. I think right. it's, yeah, students have to figure it out for themselves. But I think coming in with something, like you were saying, especially just like that tedious information. Right. Yeah.
1: You have to be careful with putting things in Naviance too early because Mm -hmm. they re up their system in like July. That's why we tell students not to go in and do anything until after August 1st in Naviance, like to put your schools in and all that information. Because we've had students put everything in and then it was gone. Um, We've heard the same thing about Common App. If you put things in Common App too early... Oh. We've had kids lose information. Now maybe they've changed that, I don't know. But yeah. that happened a few years ago, so we try to caution kids about filling that stuff out until after August 1st.
0: Yeah, that's interesting, I didn't know that. Um, so how would you recommend people start deciding on a major?
1: The, like interest inventories are really good. I know mm-hmm. my own daughter did that because she hated what she went in doing and changed her major her second semester of freshman year. Mm-hmm. There's also exploratory mm-hmm. courses you know that you could take we tell kids here take different things just to see if something sparks your interest yeah you can also do that your freshman and sophomore year in college mm-hmm. um, a lot of colleges don't make you pick a major until your junior year mm-hmm. and you know we tell kids to keep an open mind if if you're going to go in undecided that's fine
0: sure how would you go about deciding on what colleges to apply to
1: i feel like naviance is a really great tool to help with that mm-hmm. um, to complete the interest inventory in there, the Career Finder in Naviance, and it may give you, you know, some different schools to look at. I think the Super Match in Naviance is really good because you can put in specifically your interests, like size of school, type of area you want to be in,
0: yeah, all the
1: way down to like sports and clubs. Sure. So, you know, I feel like that's a really good tool for students to use.
0: Yeah. In definitely. picking where to apply. How many schools should people be applying to?
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we tell you to have a couple of safety, you know, schools that you know you're going to get into, target where you meet, like, their, their middle requirement, and reach schools, which would be harder for you to get into. Sure. So if you pick two of each, that would be six schools. I generally tell kids six to eight. Yeah. Um, My own children only applied to three. So, mm-hmm. you know... It's expensive. Yes, I tell students you don't want to end up with too many choices. Mm-mm. It's great to have choices, but if you have too many, it's really hard to make a final decision of where you want to be.
0: Yeah,
1: um, we had a student years ago. One came in; he had two schools. They were the same in his mind, and they flipped a coin. Oh wow! In here to determine where he went. Oh my god! I yeah. don't suggest that. <laughs> right. But yeah. that's he couldn't. He couldn't come up with a way to between the two yeah you know
0: that's really interesting
1: but i wouldn't be applying to like 10 15 20 i mean that's like way too much and it's expensive it's so
0: expensive yeah. yeah i know mr mckenna only applied to one school he only applied to penn state i wouldn't recommend it
1: <laughs> i only applied to two really where'd you apply i applied to grove city college which was my top choice and i applied to edinburgh university um and i got into both However, Grove City said I live too close, and they wouldn't give me a bed (laughs) as a freshman. So I said, well, I don't want that. Right. And then, so I went to my second choice, best decision I ever made.
0: Really? Really. Is that Edinburgh and Scotland, or is that...
1: Pennsylvania. Okay.
0: Yeah. What is the difference between regular decision, early decision, early decision two, early action, restrictive early action, and single choice early action?
1: Yeah, you kind of stumped me on a couple of those. So, early decision is a binding commitment. Once you're admitted, all your other applications get pulled mm-hmm. and you're paying whatever the school is going to tell you you're paying. Okay. So some schools, there isn't money included in that. Right. So you have to... I tell students, only do early decision. If you're 110%, that's where you want to be and nowhere else mm-hmm. because it is binding. Sure. Um,
0: I know a lot of the IVs are early decision and that means... And they don't give any... Um, Merit based scholarship, so right, they, you know, and that they're expensive, yeah. right.
1: And early decision two, um, it's the same as ED one, but it's binding commitment. If you if you're accepted, you'll go there. Typically, ED two, you're applying in the regular round, mm-hmm. um, but you're binding yourself to go there. So, if you don't get into your ED one school, then you could possibly go there, sure. So, it kind of works the same way. Um, early action, um, we tell kids early action is a really great option because, um, admissions decisions are made by an early date. So like UMD, their priority deadline is November 1st. Mm -hmm. Typically, if you don't apply to UMD by November 1st, you're not getting in. I know they have a January deadline too. Yeah but November 1st you get looked at for all their scholarships all their honors programs mm-hmm. and you find out earlier. Yeah. So Sounds early like action deal. is a really good deal. Yeah. You're not getting um you're not bound to go to those schools, you just find out early. And restrictive early action is also a non-binding option. Um, if you apply this way, you can't apply to other schools in an early round, which is the same. And I found single choice early action was the same thing. Okay. Um, but it indicates to a school that they are your top
0: choice. Got it. Okay. That's interesting. Um,
1: was that all of them?
0: Yeah. And then regular decision would just be the January 1st-ish deadline.
1: Right. And typically, you know, we tell students if there's an earlier deadline, you really want to apply earlier. Yeah. Um, because I tell students, don't you want to be in the short stack that they're looking at as right. opposed to the big stack that they get at the deadline?
0: Yeah. And then there's rolling admissions, which just means as they get them, they look at them.
1: Yes. And you get a decision. Like okay. fairly quickly.
0: Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. And then the options are you can be, if you apply early, accepted, deferred, or denied. Yes. Um, so that means that you get in or they're going to look at you again in the regular uh, stack. Right. Or uh, you're not getting in. Right. Got it. Okay. Um, how do you decide on a common application prompt? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so whichever one you feel like you can relate to mm-hmm. and show like a slice of life about yourself. Yeah. Because the colleges really want to hear about you and an experience that you had. Mm-hmm. Um, college rep tells us they don't want to hear about dead dogs. Sure. They don't want to hear about mission trips.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it it needs to be like something else that you can relate to. Yeah. Um, because they've told us, you know, mission trips are a great experience and they don't fault kids for doing them. But it seems like a lot of kids do them. Yeah so they they say a lot of kids tend to write about about that, and yeah. they need to see more of you as a person mm-hmm.
0: um, I know when we were working on them earlier this year, Mr. McKenna pointed out um, some quote that he had found that basically um, you're trying to bring yourself to life off of paper, and that's the admission the admissions counselor's job, so you want to make their job easier. Um, So anything that you can do to make yourself a person rather than just like the numbers that they're getting from the rest of your application.
1: Right. A University of Maryland rep told me years ago, he said the best one he had ever read was the kid compared himself to Spider-Man and Superman. Mm -hmm. He said it was the best essay he had ever read because you learned a lot about the kid. Sure. And about, you know, who who he was as a person. And that's what they want to see.
0: And so I went a little nutso with this because I wrote, um, there are six different application prompts. I wrote a rough draft for each one, but I think also just like brainstorming what you can write for each one is helpful because you can pretty quickly realize which one's going to be a dead end.
1: Well, and I think too, have somebody read it and give you feedback Mm -hmm. is, is really important. And I, and I've offended parents over the years because I said, don't read them. Yeah. Um, because you're going to change the voice. Mm-hmm. If you make changes and the colleges want to hear the student's voice and not your voice. Yeah. um, I purposely didn't read my daughters. Sure. um, They had other people edit them and give them feedback. Mm-hmm. So I just think that's a good thing when you're writing your college essays. If, if a friend wants to read them, that's fine. But I would find somebody, you know, that's really good in English. Yeah. Like some adult that's in your life that would be a good person to give you feedback on it.
0: Well, yeah, and I mean, I think also, like, they're reading for, like you're saying, they're reading for a teenager's voice. Um, let's see. Do you ever get time to work on college applications in class?
1: The only thing that I know of that students work on in class is the college essay. Yeah. You write it in, you can work on it in English class, and mm-hmm. I think the English teachers use it as an assignment.
0: Yeah. Um This year with Mr. McKenna, I found that we um, did two main days for college applications where one was kind of like a question day and where we learned a lot about what they were expecting in the essay. And the next day we were trading each other's essays and trying to read them. Um, I think it mostly depends on the teachers. But you don't get a right. lot of time, especially to fill in, like, the nitty-gritty.
1: Well, no, but I feel like, you know, fit time mm-hmm. that's been put in the schedule here would be a great opportunity for kids to work on college apps. Definitely. If they didn't have other school work to work on. Um, it would just be, what, a 45-minute in your day during yeah. the week that you could devote to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Um, do you, uh, Where do you get college apps for DeVry University? This one... I was looking on the Common app. It's not there.
1: No. I found them on their website.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Most schools are on the Common app or Coalition app. Right. Or
1: they have their own. Okay. And it depends on the school. So, um, I tell students to read everything about it to make sure you're filling out the right one. Sure. So, some have their own. I feel like a lot are moving towards Common and Coalition. Mm -hmm. Um but everyone's different.
0: Yep, um, and so UMD is only on the Coalition app, yeah?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so everyone will be using Coalition at some point.
1: Um. Yes, and Coalition, my daughter said was horrible. Um, They hated it because it was very tedious. You couldn't just upload a transcript. You had to put each course and grade, type it all in. Like, yeah. So I don't know, there's been some complaints about coalition. I think the first year it came out, they had a lot of issues with it. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like they have fixed I think some of those but not the tedious part.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't fun, but it's also I mean, you have to do it. Um Right. Yeah. Although I have heard that it's been getting better every year, which is good. Right. Yeah.
1: Which is a good sign. Yeah,
0: right? (laughs) Um, How do you form relationships with teachers, and how do you know who a good teacher is to ask for a rec?
1: Okay, so I tell kids, you know, do your work in the class, ask questions, participate in class, go Mm -hmm. in for help when you need it. So these show the teachers that you value their class and that you want to do well. Um, The teacher you ask for a rec, so it's going to be a junior year teacher. Mm -hmm. You know, may not be from the class that you earned the easy A in. If it's a class that you struggled and you worked really hard and maybe you didn't get an A, Mm -hmm. that's a better letter of rec that can talk about you as a student. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of what we tell students to try to do when they're picking letters of rec because I think you all want to pick the class where you got the easy A and you didn't really have to do much. Right what's the teacher really going to say about you? Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I also feel like, but if it's a class you kind of struggled in and you had to get help or you had to mm-hmm. put in a little bit extra time, I think that shows to the teacher because yeah. the teacher's going to write about you in the classroom. That's the job of the teacher rec. Yeah. To talk about you in the classroom, not necessarily your extracurriculars. Mm-hmm. However, I have told students that if one of your teachers is also the sponsor of a club you're in. Yeah. You know, that would be a great person to ask because then they can talk about different aspects of
0: you in school. And so would you recommend, like, one humanities-type teacher and one science-math-type teacher? Yes. Okay. But I
1: tell kids to do their homework, too, because you need to know if the school is only going to accept one letter. Yeah. Then only ask one teacher. Right. Like, you don't want to waste teachers' time. And I feel like teachers here feel that kids ask a bunch of teachers. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they're all writing letters. And when they go to upload them in Naviance, Naviance won't take them. Right. Because the school only wanted one letter and teacher A got their stuff in first and then teacher B couldn't put it in. Yeah. So I I tell students if you only need one, Mm -hmm. you know, pick the one that's going to go, I guess, towards whatever you're majoring in. So if you're majoring in a more math science thing, then that's the teacher you want. And if a teacher hesitates when you ask... Mm. that's not the teacher you want writing your letter right
0: yeah you know
1: but I tell students no teacher in this building is going to write a bad college rec letter Sure. yeah so you know I think I feel like Miss Gomer gets hit a lot because she is an English teacher Mm -hmm. right and I feel like English teachers get overloaded because some schools want an English teacher's rec
0: yeah yeah
1: you know and I guess the same can be said for Miss Rowe if the schools want a science teacher's Mm -hmm. rec You know, so it just depends on the schools and and what they're looking for. Because you all get a counselor letter. Sure. If that's a letter they need, you know, we write them for everybody.
0: Yep. Is there anything that students can do um, to help you guys write your recs?
1: We have them fill out that Mm self-evaluation at the end of junior year. Sure. So that's helpful. We also ask parents to fill out a questionnaire, which... Um, at first, I was a little leery of, but I've ended up really liking them because I feel like students don't want to toot their own horn. Sure. And parents will tell us things that we don't necessarily know. Yeah. Which is really helpful. Mm-hmm. And then we ask for a resume. Okay. Too. Um, so those are all helpful. We all try to meet with our seniors before we write the letters to see if something happened over the summer yeah. that they want us to add. Um, I feel like counselors here know their kids pretty well.
0: Yeah, definitely. So the
1: letters generally aren't that difficult to write.
0: Okay. So what is your process for writing those letters?
1: Mine? Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, awesome. I really
1: should write more of them in the summer. Okay. And I don't. Sure. <laughs> if I'm being honest.
0: Sure. Well, uh, you need your summer break too.
1: I have to be in the right frame of mind to write them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like in the fall when you guys are back it's easier for me to get in the right frame of mind to write them.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um,
1: I try to write a few in the summer just to make it easier on me because all of you apply to UMD. (laughs) So we all have to have letters for November 1, which is rough because we each have probably 60 or 70 seniors. That's crazy. So it's a lot of letters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of letters.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, What is the value, would you say, of in-person college visits?
1: Oh, I think they're huge yeah. because um, some schools uh, monitor demonstrated interest, mm-hmm. so they track if yeah. you've been there to visit. Um, I also think that's the only way you're going to get a feel for a school. Yeah. If Because if you get on campus and you don't feel like you could fit in there, then why would you even apply?
0: Right.
1: Right? right. Um, I encourage kids to go during the school year, but I know that's not always possible, so... Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of students, including my own, we went during the summer. Yeah. And then we would go back, Mm -hmm. like in the fall or the next spring, to take a visit while students were on campus. Because in the summer, I don't think you get a real good feel.
0: No. Yeah.
1: You know, you get the same tour. They do the same tour Mm -hmm. any time of the year. But you just don't get a feel of, like, who's on campus. So if you were, like, standing in, like, their quad or whatever on their campus, you're not going to see what types of students are going to be there. Yeah. You know, and I feel like if you don't feel comfortable then there, then that's not where you're going to want to be for the next four years.
0: A hundred percent. And one thing that I started doing toward the end of my college tours is I would go up to students that weren't the tour guide and I would ask them how they like the school because you can get a real candid response. Cause, and, I mean, if a student likes a school, they'll talk about it forever.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. They'll sell it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I think these are the main questions I had. Do you have any last-minute tips about college apps, counselor? Start Stuff. early. Yeah.
1: Start early and be organized. Yeah. Um. We will do a college night in, I think it's in March. Mm-hmm. For, We tend to advertise it for junior parents, but I know some 10th graders and parents have come in the past. We have a college rep here that talks about the whole like, uh, application process and how colleges work. Mm-hmm. We also have a former parent who talks about it from a parent perspective, and we also have current seniors to explain their process and how they went through um, applying for colleges. Yeah. So I feel like that night has been really helpful Yeah. Um, for students and parents.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. all right. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you all for your questions. And thank you, Ms. Gomer, Kenna, Andrew, and Dora back at The Pulse. Have a good one and I will speak to you later. Bye.